Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey everyone, welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast presented by Reality Sports Online. My name is Kyle Yates and I am your host. And of course, I am joined by Ray Garvin. Ray, how are we doing tonight, man? I am doing well. It is a thunderstorm out here in Texas right now, so I'm just hoping, I'm hoping you get me through the whole show. I, we should be good. I got, you know, good internet here, but you just never know with these crazy Texas storms, storms in Texas, man. But um, yeah, man, I'm doing well, doing good. How, how are you, brother? I'm good, man. Hey, we'll find out if we get to like minute, you know, 20, we get like five <laughs> minutes of the end of this podcast and it goes out. I'm going to have five minutes to fill up on myself or whatever. Or I'll just say like, OK, we lost the most important <laughs> member of this podcast. We're just going to close it down right here. We'll find out. Uh, of course, you can find Ray on Twitter at Ray GQ and I can be found on Twitter as well at Kyle White NFL. Ray, we've got some housekeeping that we wanted to talk to the people about here before we get into the content of today's podcast. So you know that we have been doing in this like dynasty season, right? Leading up to the draft, we've been doing the two episodes per week and we've been doing them an hour long. Well, as we moved through this, we had a little bit of a conversation and Ray and I have decided to adjust the schedule a little bit here. Now, Ray, you want to talk through just what exactly is going on what we're going to be adjusting it to. And uh, yeah, you want to just tell people what, what they can expect from the podcast moving forward. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, this is this has been a, a great experience so far and so glad and grateful to Fantasy Pros for letting us two crazies dive into this dynasty space and expose our listeners to, uh, you know, a, a new form, a, the best form of fantasy football. Uh, but life happens. And, you know, when I when I when I signed on to, to be a part of this, to co-host this thing with you, uh, I had one job and then throughout, you know, some fortuitous situations, I've, I've, I've received a different a different role with a different company. And because of that, my time commitments have shifted just a tad bit. But 
we didn't want to we didn't want to leave you guys hanging with just one show a week so we decided to split it up two 30 35 minute shows per week and give or take right if there are some things that we really need to discuss we will we will hang in there and rock out this uh this thing as much as possible but moving forward we did decide to just chop it back to, to two 30 minute episodes a week that way we can still drop content twice a week for for the listeners and uh I think it will be good for us both right now in this season of life that we're in and I'm sure y'all wouldn't be y'all y'all won't be too disappointed by that, will you? Well, I'll just say this: as I was listening to you talk, I was like, I had the thought. I was like, oh my word, Ray's leaving the podcast. Like that was the <laughs> gut, like listening to you. I was like, even I am like, I know what's going on. I know what's happening, and I was having the feeling like Ray's leaving. The, no, don't worry, guys. Ray's staying. No, it's still going to be Ray right. and I. We're still going to move forward, but just with time yeah. constraint, like so much in life going on, and. Even for me, you know, life is crazy right now. So Ray, obviously on a whole other level. So yeah, two, still two episodes per week. You can still wake up on your Tuesdays and Fridays and still expect to find us in, in the uh, podcast queue there, but 30 minute episodes, we're going to trim it back just a little bit. So that way we can still hit the news that happens throughout the week. It's not going to be, you know, a week in between shows. We'll still be in your pocket there, giving you the up-to-date dynasty news and breaking it down as we move into draft season. All right, Ray. So on the dock for tonight, we've got news that we're going to, we're just going to put a bow on the free agency recap. We know that there are still some players that have yet to be signed. I don't care. Like I'm, I'm done. I'm moving on. Uh, free agency is done. I'm moving on, man. I, uh, I've got draft stuff to get back to. So free agency, that was a fun week. Uh, in my mind, there are no more free agents and we are just moving right on to draft season. And then in the, in the spirit of draft season, we are going to pause on the 2021 conversation and we're going to look ahead to 2022. So obviously we get questions all the time that are like, what can my, you know, 2022, I'm thinking about these drafts or um, excuse me, these picks that I can trade and what, it, what exactly does the 2022 class look like? What are the overall strengths? Who are some of the players? We're going to lean on Ray's background in Debbie to be able to break that down a little bit in depth here. So uh, before we get into all of that, though, we've got to get to the news. And of course, that is brought to us by the news desk. I've been talking about all week how just fantastic the news desk has been. Download the Fantasy News app by going to your Google Play Store or your Apple App Store to make sure that you never miss important information for your fantasy team. And also, I've just got to say this. Make sure that you're following our other social media platforms to stay up to date on everything you need for your fantasy rosters. Our social team does a phenomenal job with our Instagram and posting a wide variety of items that you can uh, find as you help to, you know, look to dominate your league. So find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, even at fantasy <laughs> pros. All right, man. So we've got some news, obviously, you know, we recorded last Monday night, Thursday night, last week, and there are still some key players that had not signed at that point. So we're going to get down. Uh, we're going to get and breaking those down. Let's just go chronological order again. Juju Smith-Schuster re-signs with Pittsburgh. Now, he had some offers there for Kansas City, I think, was one of those teams that was interested. Uh, I think, I can't remember the other team that actually made, like, an official offer, but Kansas City was a potential suitor. He opts to return back to Pittsburgh for another season on a one-year deal. So, give me the breakdown here. Dynasty impact, Juju, still very, very young. What can we expect from Juju moving into next season and beyond? Yeah, I think it was Philly. Wasn't it Philly that had another offer? Out I know there to Philly him? was interested, but I can't remember if it was actually Philly that made an offer. Mm, I'll look that up okay. while you're talking. Well, yeah, Juju back in Pittsburgh for another year. Um, This one was, you know, uh, 
from a fantasy dynasty, from a dynasty perspective, he's still incredibly young. He's one of the most productive wide receivers in NFL history, according, you know, based on his age up to this point in time. Uh, and he's still a talented player. I just, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, what is he right now at this at this stage of his career? There's Deontay Johnson. There's Chase Claypool. I think it's I think it's going to be a lot of what we saw last year, to be honest with you. It's going to be the Chase Claypool week. It's going to be the Deontay Johnson week. And then when you when you bench Juju after starting him for four weeks and him not doing anything, then he erupts and goes off for you. I just think, you know, this is if if I were a fantasy manager that did not have Juju and I personally believed in the talent, which I do, I would be trying to acquire Juju now because I don't believe he's going to be in Pittsburgh after this season. I know there's uh, rumors or the salary cap is supposed to increase next season. So potentially he's banking on himself for this season to get a larger payday uh, in free agency next year. But, you know, it's for, for the, for Juju and for Pittsburgh, this just seems like, um, like a headache waiting to happen. I mean, it's, Whose week is it going to be? Very rarely did all three of them go off in one single game. I don't know if that ever happened last year, so I don't really anticipate it happening this year. So it's going to be whose week is it? Is it Juju? Is it Deontay? Is it Claypool? Or which one is the odd man out? It just seems like a headache waiting to happen, man. The Ravens were the other team that made that Ravens. official offer. It so is. it was Ravens, the Chiefs, and then the Steelers. I know Philly was involved, but I don't think that they ever put the offer forward. Yeah, I okay. completely agree. And especially, too, with Pittsburgh moving into next year, they've been vocal about we have to take some of the pressure off of Ben Roethlisberger, right? We have to get a running game going. We have to get back to that ground-and-pound football. So if that's the case, then the overall target volume decreases at that point. And so, you know, Juju, yeah, it's going to be even harder than it was this past season to predict who's going to step forward and who's going to stand out that game. So I'm not as excited. You know, it would have been great to see, you know, if I'm a Juju dynasty manager and I had Kansas City on the table to go play with Patrick Mahomes and I see oh. that he returned to play with Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger at this point of his career, I'm a little, I'm a little ticked off, but I do think that I I'm willing to acquire Juju because of this down year, uh, what I'm expecting to be a down year. And then let's hit the open market again next year when the TV deals kick in, the salary cap jumps back up and let's see where he can land if he lands a big deal. So I still think he's going to have value, but it's definitely not going to be what we hoped or expected it to be. Uh, Chris Carson returns to the Seattle Seahawks on a two-year <laughs> deal. This is a two-year $14.625 million deal with $5.5 million guaranteed. So we talked about, like, I did not see this coming. I did not see Chris Carson <laughs> returning to Seattle, let alone for $7 million per year. Yeah. So Chris Carson into next season, you know, Rashad Penny, pour one out, doesn't seem to be a uh, a thing here. I, I don't know, man. What are we doing with Chris Carson next year? What are the fantasy implications of him returning to Seattle? You're going to ride Chris Carson, uh, to uh, hopefully a, a playoff spot, you know, in, in your fantasy league next year because they are going to feed him and wear him completely out. Like, I, I think they are about to get every last penny's worth out of Chris Carson. They clearly had no faith in, you know, Rashad Penny, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, whoever, whatever random running backs they had in the backfield last year. They had no confidence in that. They weren't going to take another running back high in the draft. They are about to ride Carson into the ground. And at this point, I don't even think you can trade him for something that you really feel comfortable with giving up a starting running back in right now, an offense that, you know, has Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. 
So listen, if you have him, I'm pretty sure you're happy at least for this season because they are going to feed him and uh, Carson's going to get the volume. He's going to get the volume. And there's this stigma or this narrative around him always being injured. And that's just not the case. So if you have Chris Carson, good for you. Um, you know, he's not he's not going to slot bump up significantly in my dynasty ranks, but if I have him and I don't believe I have Carson anywhere, if I did have him, I'd be happy for this season, especially if I was a contender. Yeah. I don't think that you can really look to sell him because you mentioned it, like the value that you're going to get. If you do try to sell him right now, isn't going to be what no one's giving up a first round pick for Chris Carson. And at that point for 2021, none of the running backs are going to be there in the second round that you feel super confident plugging in over what Chris Carson is going to get. Now, there's the door is still open for Russell Wilson to be traded. Adam Schefter yeah. has been vocal that he is not, you know, he doesn't think that that door is closed. It might not be to Chicago, but it might be somewhere else. So, you know, the Chris Carson fantasy outlook for 2021 specifically is drastically important or drastically different than with Russell Wilson in town versus him not being there. So, but yet regardless, he's going to get the work and volume is King. So, I did not see this one coming, but Chris Carson returning to Seattle sounds good for his fantasy stock moving forward. Philip Lindsay, this is one situation that does not sound good for his <laughs> fantasy stock. Philip Lindsay signs a uh, agrees to a one year deal, I believe, with the Houston Texans. So now the Houston Texans backfield <sighs> is David Johnson, Mark Ingram, and Philip Lindsay. Ray, are you wanting to roster any of those three players in <laughs> Dynasty? No, man, I don't want any of them. None of them. Zero. If I had to pick one, it'd be David Johnson. But the fact that they're bringing in all of these running backs with David Johnson there, I mean, it just, how bad does this just look? You know what I mean? From a, from yeah, a team really standpoint, it just looks bad. You trade DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, and then the very next season you bring in two veteran running backs. And I understand they had to replace Duke Johnson, but this just... I just don't want, I don't want any of them in Dynasty. If I had to choose one, it would definitely be David Johnson. But this just, Houston just, it's its just a mess all the way around. Houston is just, Houston, we have a problem. It is a mess. The further that we get into the offseason, the more and more I become convinced that Deshaun Watson's out. Like them signing Tyrod Taylor, the moves that they have made around, you know, they, they have signed so many free agents to <laughs> like $2.5 million deals. Like it, I don't. I think a day has gone by this past week where I didn't see a deal that Houston has agreed to player a, 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 a yeah. contract with player X for $2.5 million. You know, like I, they're just signing these guys and hoping that one of them can, or some of these guys can just stand out. Like they're all undrafted free agents essentially. So man, this is just not a situation that I think that you want no. to put Deshaun Watson back into. So this overall offense, I'm trying to stay as far away as I can. Uh, Dan Arnold agreed to a two-year deal with the Carolina Panthers. Dan Arnold, of course, the tight end that played in Arizona last year, a two-year, $6 million deal. So we had talked about like Ian Thomas for the longest time, like Ian Thomas, keep an eye on him. He could break <laughs> out there. This He's got the, the opening here in Carolina. Well, now they go out and they get Dan Arnold. So two-year, $6 million deal. I don't think that that screams that he's going to be the locked-in starter. Do you have any interest in Dan Arnold for dynasty purposes? <sighs> Late round. No, not really. <laughs> I mean, late, late round, last couple of picks in a dynasty startup. Sure. But it wouldn't shock me if Carolina took like Brevin Jordan or, you know, Pat Fryer right. in day two of the draft. Like, no, I don't No, No. Yeah. Dan I don't, Arnold. I don't, 
I don't think that they move into next season and say, well, we've got Dan Arnold. So that tight end room is fixed, right? Like we don't have to look at that at all. I definitely could see them adding in someone else. But yet I do think that he could still be that guy, like that spot starter. You know, you get him on your dynasty bench. If your starter goes down, depending on the matchup, you could plug him in and just see what happens. But outside of that, I'm not going too crazy here. Before we keep moving with today's episode, I want to take a quick second and tell you all about Reality Sports Online. Reality Sports Online aims to provide fantasy users with a realistic and engaging online general manager experience by simulating the front office operations of a professional sports franchise through its sophisticated platform. In other words, you get to manage your fantasy team like an NFL general manager. This entails everything, from a detailed free agency experience to a rookie draft to franchise tag and contract extension decisions, and so much more. All of this is done in an intuitive and easy-to-use interface as well. If you're sitting there thinking that this sounds incredibly complicated, I've got good news for you. It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're up for the challenge? If you're not 100% sure if you're ready, you can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. It's simple and easy to set up and send to your friends. Head over to realitysportsonline.com and use the promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Uh, Kenny Galladay signed with the New York Giants here, a four-year, $72 million deal. So they obviously had the opening with uh, Golden Tate being released. So now you're going into next season with uh, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph at at your tight end spot, and then Saquon Barkley and Devontae Booker in your backfield. So what Dave Gettleman and Jason Garrett and, you know, Joe Judge, what they're doing is they are giving Daniel Jones everything that he needs. And it is now completely up to him. So in my opinion, in, in, in my rankings, Kenny Galladay did not move. Like I had already bumped him down because I was expecting that if he was franchise tag, that he was going to be with Jared Goff. And that wasn't necessarily a great situation. So, you know, I was kind of taking that into account. And then he signs here with New York. There's competition on the roster for targets. Yes. I do think that they're going to be throwing the ball quite a bit, but yet at the same time, He's got more mouths to feed in that offense. So he's a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two for me in Dynasty. What are your thoughts here with Kenny Galladay landing in New York? Is he kind of in that same ballpark for you, or are you a little bit more bullish on him, a little bit more skeptical? Where do you land? Yeah, I think he's a low-end wide receiver one, like you just said, high, high high-end wide receiver two. Uh, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't move the needle significantly for me. But because I, I, I do still think that there is a possibility that they add another pass catcher in the draft. And if they do that early, if they do it early, I know Giants fans don't want to hear that. They want to take a, an offensive lineman, which would be the prudent move. But if they do go with a pass catching weapon early in the draft, uh, you know, I think Galladay back in, back, back in, like low end, like wide receiver 12, the wide receiver 12 or 13 or 14 is about that range. Like wide receiver 12 to wide receiver 15 is about the range for me. Um, But you really, I mean, I I don't want to bury the lead. I think this is, listen, the Giants have had a pretty good free agent signing so far. Like they've done a really good job of being aggressive, trying to surround Daniel Jones with weapons. And this is what you're supposed to do. Like you drafted this yeah. guy high in the draft. He was a first-round pick. Give him weapons. A lot of people 
Don't forget how excited people were about Daniel Jones going into the season. And then I know things didn't turn out the way that we thought they would, but people were kind of bullish on him a couple of years ago. So surround him with some weapons. And now you're looking at a wide, uh, an offensive situation of Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Daniel Jones' athleticism. This is not a bad-looking offense on paper. So it's not, if anybody no. moved up, uh, it's Daniel Jones moved up a little bit for me. So let, let's see what he can do here. This is this is all about Daniel Jones, in my opinion. You know, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, like they just kind of stay where they were. Like I'm not excited about necessarily super excited about any of them, but this is all about Daniel Jones. And let's yeah. see if he can take that next step forward. Now, Jones last season, I remember Tags and I were talking about this on the main podcast saying like people were pretty excited about Daniel Jones and we were pumping the brakes. Like, listen, he's a streaming quarterback in the first 10 weeks of his season were just absolutely brutal last year. And yeah. I think that if he gets a more favorable schedule heading into this next season, now I'm not at the point where I've studied the schedules and broken them down yet for 2021, but I do think that he can have value because if he can get just get the ball out into his playmaker's hands, he of course has the mobility. So I'm excited to see what happens here with Daniel Jones down the road. Deshaun Jackson is back. Apparently he <laughs> still has some value here for NFL teams. He signs a one-year deal with the Los Angeles Rams. I nearly, I nearly did it, right? I nearly called them the St. Louis Rams. I nearly yeah, did it, but I did. You almost did it. You almost, almost did. But Deshaun Jackson with the Los Angeles Rams on a one-year deal. I'll just, I'll dovetail this with the next one. Josh Reynolds and the Titans agreed, uh, agreed on a one-year deal here. So you have Josh Reynolds, who was in L.A. He leaves. He's now with the Titans. We'll break that down in just a second. But Deshaun Jackson, any interest for you, man? I assume that he's going to be a starter, but does it just all come down to him staying healthy? Yeah, it all comes down to him staying healthy. And I just think, I know this should be very simple to remember, but it's Matthew Stafford chunking the ball deep. So right, if Deshaun right. Jackson is healthy, there's still probably very few people in the NFL faster than Deshaun Jackson. You have to understand, he grew up in L.A. He played high school ball at Long Beach Poly. He played college ball at Cal. Like, he's home, and this is his last hurrah. He may try to put on a show. So I, I still think he does have some value. No, 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 no. Am I going out trading any kind of draft picks to get Deshaun Jackson? Right. If you have him on your team already, I think you've got, you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four, with crazy upside that that's just on your bench or if you need a desperation flex play uh, I, I still think he's got fantasy value with Matthew Stafford in this Rams offense I, he's gonna start I mean this is bad news for Van Jefferson uh, yep. good news for I just think this is a good move for the Rams I think this opens up things underneath for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods it helps out Tyler Higby it helps out Cam Akers like his speed is unmatched. It's unrivaled. So a uh, good move for the for the Rams. And I think Deshaun Jackson, he's going to have some boom weeks for us in fantasy if he can stay healthy. It's been nearly a year, and I still do not understand the Van Jefferson selection in the second round. Still don't <laughs> understand it, man. I, and if you're replacing him with the 34-year-old 30, Deshaun Jackson at this point, that's a little concerning. Uh, so let we, I mentioned Josh Reynolds. Let's talk about him. So with the Titans now, I'm intrigued by this. Like Josh Reynolds has flashed here or there. He's been inconsistent, certainly. And he hasn't been someone who we could necessarily rely on for fantasy. But towards the last half of last season, he actually was contributing. Like he was making an impact. And I think now that you look at the Tennessee Titans roster, 
it's AJ Brown and it's Josh Reynolds and Anthony Ferkser. Like those are your three main receiving options. So as of right now, I do expect them to add someone else. I do expect them to add more bodies. Maybe we see that with an early draft pick, but at this point, Josh Reynolds does have a little bit more fantasy appeal to me personally than he did, you know, two weeks ago. So what are your thoughts here with Josh Reynolds landing in Tennessee? Just super quick. Yeah, right now he does. And if you have him, I'd try to trade him because they're going to add somebody else. But I agree right now, while we're talking about this, this topic, he has value. And because of that, I try to move him. All right. And then Chris Conley signed a one-year deal with the Houston Texans. Again, I don't know what Houston's doing. And then Sammy Watkins <laughs> is visiting the Ravens and also has a visit with the Indianapolis Colts after that. So apparently Sammy Watkins, just like Deshaun uh, Jackson, still has some appeal there for NFL general managers with Baltimore. You don't want to talk about Chris Colts. Conley? You don't want to talk about Conley? I don't want to talk I mean, about Chris Conley. You can okay, you okay. can host your own no, separate no, podcast. You can host your own separate <laughs> podcast talking about Chris Conley It'll be, it'll have one listener and it'll be you. Uh, No, I am good. I'm good. Not talking about Chris Conley. I am interested in talking about this 2022 (laughs) class, man. So let's talk, let's take a look at, let's just say the top 10. Let's just go down this list here. The top 10 players that you want to talk about here from the 2022 perspective. And again, this is important because we want to get ahead and deliver the content for you guys that you can then apply to your dynasty leagues when you are discussing including some of these 2022 first round picks well who could those players eventually turn into now this comes with a caveat and disclaimer and all this like if you would talk if we had done this a year ago and we were talking about the 2021 class we probably would have been talking about a guy like chuba hubbard chuba hubbard at oklahoma state coming off a 2000 yard season like listen, the situation is going to change. The draft stock is going to change drastically throughout the next season. Injuries happen, all this, this, and this. So, but this is this is an important exercise to at least be able to get these players in front of you and to be able to talk about them. So Ray, I'm just going to throw this to you first, man. Who do you want to talk about first? Who is the player in this 2022 class that excites you the most? And then we'll go from there. I think Brees Hall has to be at the top of the list. Uh, the running back from Iowa State, six foot one, two hundred and fifteen pounds, taking over for David Montgomery. If you just look at his stats, man, just very, very productive. Can catch the ball in the backfield. He's got that size to be uh, a three-down threat at the next level. But Brees Hall. Uh, coming out of Iowa State, has to be at the top of uh, everybody's draft board right now where we stand for 2022's prospects. And I know that you haven't even started to dive deep into this class, Yates, but I know you've heard about Brees Hall, and I know you've seen some Brees Hall just, you know, in film study or just college in in general. He's a stud. Yeah, he definitely is. And you talked about him stepping in for David Montgomery, absolutely carried that load and has, I mean, he was in the Heisman conversation and is going to be in the Heisman conversation for this next year. So Brees Hall there. Let's talk about a wide receiver here out of Arkansas. That's Traylon Burks. What can you tell me about him? He's massive. He's enormous. He's fast. He wears 5XL gloves. He returns punts. Uh, he hunts hogs with a knife, literally, like he hunts hogs with a knife. He's country, he's fast, he's just, he's he's one of the most, he's a name that a lot of people are not, they're not familiar with now because he plays on a horrible Arkansas team. But when you just look at his, his physical tools, uh, his production from the past couple of seasons on a bad Arkansas team, I've heard comparisons uh, to a young Josh Gordon without the off the field issues or an Andre Johnson for Traylon Burks. 
uh, he, he's going to be a player that I, I promise you, as more people get acclimated to this 2022 class, the more excited everybody is going to get about Traylon Burks. He's my personal wide receiver one in the 2022 class right now. All right. All right. So let's talk about a wide receiver here. Now we're talking about a wide receiver in the 2021 class out of Purdue, of course, with Rondale Moore. Let's talk about his teammate, David Bell. Yeah, Yates, and I'm pretty sure you saw number three flash on the on the tape when you've been yep. studying Rondell Moore. But I mean, David Bell, he just looks like a professional wide receiver. He's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, he's not the most agile, but he's ultra productive. He's always coming down with grabs. He could run the complete route tree. He's he's just he's a really 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 good wide receiver. And I mean, as a true freshman. He filled in for Rondell Moore and didn't miss a beat. So, you know, when you when you can pivot from Rondell Moore to David Bell and not miss a beat, that tells you everything you need to know about that player. And he is one of the guys who's going to vibe for that wide receiver one spot in 2022. He absolutely pops off the tape, especially when I, you know, as I've been watching Rondell Moore over the past couple of seasons, David Bell has always been a name that has just consistently popped up on tape. Uh, a guy who has consistently popped up on tape when I've been watching Jake Fromm, <laughs> when I've been watching DeAndre Swift, when I, yep. uh, man, that's George Pickens out of yeah. Georgia. So George Pickens here, I mean, true freshman contributor, right? Correct me if I'm wrong there. Like has just put up some ridiculous production over his college career. What can you tell me about Pickens? Yeah. I mean, you just said it. I mean, production as a freshman, if you go back to the bowl game a, a year ago versus Baylor, I mean, I think he had 12 receptions in the first half. It was just insane what he was doing as a true freshman. Uh, he went to Hoover High School, a historic program out of Alabama, uh, one of the top rated prep uh, wide receivers in the country. And I know it's an, a lazy comparison because they both played at Georgia, but it's really hard not to watch George Pickens and think A.J. Green when you see these diving catches that he makes, the body control, he's long, he's got that wiry A.J. Green frame. I mean, there are some grabs that he makes where you're just like, nobody else can do that. Like, that's just yep. insane. Yep. So George Pickens, David Bell, uh, you know, Traylon Burks, the wide receiver class in 2022. I know the 2022 class takes a lot of heat for being horrible, and I have contributed to that, but there are some very good wide receivers in this 2022 class. And one key distinction about these guys, Yates, everybody that I listed, Burks, Pell, Pickens, they're all six two and, and taller. They're, they're not these five foot nine, five foot eight speedsters, much different than the 2021 class. Yeah, I, as you said that, I was just about to you know interject there that this class, right, 2021 class is so there's so many slot receivers, so many speedster guys. There are very few guys that lack that prototypical outside size. So yeah, when you're looking at Burks, Bell and Pickens, and I mean you can even talk about some of these other guys that we'll talk about here in a second, like they can absolutely contribute. They can absolutely be one of those guys that we classify and say you are a prototypical wide receiver one. You're going to play the X role, you're going to win on the outside, you're going to win with power and physicality and contested catches. So, uh let's talk about the running back class here though a little bit more. So there's yeah. a guy here out of Texas A&M. Now, it's not CJ Spiller, but Isaiah Spiller. <laughs> what can you tell me about Isaiah Spiller here? Yeah, Spiller's a very very good back, very talented. He's got again that prototypical size, you know, 5'11", 6 foot, 220 pounds can bang between the tackles, but he can catch the ball in the backfield. He's got enough juice and speed to pull away from defenders. Uh, the, the, the thing is, of these 2022 running backs, the only one that I think would even compete with the top guys in 2021 is Brees Hall. 
this is where the class of 2022 kind of falters a little bit is at the running back position. While I like Isaiah Spiller and the next, you know, couple of guys that we'll talk about, uh, they're they're not in the same range right now as Najee Harris, Etienne, Javonta Williams. Uh, you know, Spiller's a nice back. Uh, I just, you know, I want to see some more some more progression from him. And I'm sure you saw number 28 on tape when you were watching Kellen Mond as well. Yep. Yeah, he definitely has some flashes there. Now, Oklahoma, obviously they've had guys like Trey Sermon that previously then transferred to Ohio State. Ramondre Stevenson, who we've talked about on this podcast. There's another running back that's going to be coming out of Oklahoma. Eric Gray, what can you tell me about him? Yeah, Gray is actually a Tennessee transfer, so he's transferring to Oklahoma from the SEC. He was my pick for sophomore breakout candidate in the 2020 season pre this crazy COVID thing, but he's... He's he can do it all. Catch the ball. He's got speed. He's got power. He's got agility. And I think playing with Spencer Rattler in that Lincoln Riley offense in the Big 12. Let me say that again. In the Big 12, Eric Gray could probably put up monster numbers this season and really elevate his draft stock. He's going to be an NFL pick. Uh, Don't know how high yet, but that's what this season is for. But he's definitely one of the top five running backs in the 2022 class. Let's talk about wide receivers again. There are two guys out of Ohio State here that I want to touch on. That's Garrett Wilson, who, oh man, if you want to talk about popping (laughs) off a tape, anytime that I watch, you know, the big games for Ohio State, Garrett Wilson is coming through with some phenomenal catches. And then Chris Olave, who, if you paid any attention to the 2021 class before, you know, players declared or returned to school, Chris Olave was being discussed as a guy who was going to enter and a potential first round pick. So, Olave was someone that I really like his game. I comped him to Emmanuel Sanders, and I'll probably stick Mm. with that all the way through next season. We'll see. But Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, what can you tell me about them? What makes them stand out? Yeah, I mean, it's Ohio State. They just roll wide receivers in and out of that program. And Garrett Wilson is truly up next. Chris Olave, I I think you hit the nail on the head. I think I saw you comp him to Emmanuel Sanders, and I think that's a very, very good comparison for Chris Olave. Garrett Wilson... Uh, his athleticism is ridiculous. The way there's a there's a play versus Clemson. I believe it was two years ago. There's a picture, and it looks like it was photoshopped. How high above yep. the defensive back Garrett Wilson was uh, out of out of Lake Travis and Austin historic program there down here in Texas. But he's just, I mean, he's he's a smooth operator. He's he's fantastic. I mean, again, I cannot stress to you. These wide receivers in 2022 are, are legit. Like, this is another really good wide receiver group, and Garrett Wilson fits the mold. He can play outside as well. He's not quite as big as Pickens, Bell, or Burks, uh, but he's he's not a small guy whatsoever. Uh, the question is, who's going to take over at quarterback for Ohio State? But I'm pretty sure they'll figure that out. They always do. A wide receiver who I was really intrigued with, uh, you know, heading into the 2021, even in summer scouting, you know, last year uh, was Justin Ross now out of Clemson. Now, Justin Ross obviously had his his a neck injury like he might not play football ever again. Like there are some questions here, I guess, provide a little bit of clarity if you've got it for me. But Ross, when I've watched him, he's popped. He has the potential to be a absolutely, you know, top tier fantasy contributor. But does it all come down to health for him? Yeah, so he he sat out this past season with I believe it was a spinal injury. It was it was yeah. something like that. And um, you know, the the reports was he he wasn't going to get to play again and now the doctors have cleared him. He, you know, there were people who thought during his sophomore season he was the better he was a better wide receiver than T Higgins. Now, 
I do think T stepped his game up that season and really showed that he was the dominant alpha. But Justin Ross was supposed to be in this draft class and be one of the top wide receivers in 2021, but, you know, had to sit out. He's recovered. He's been cleared to play. So I am, I'm, I'm putting him here in this, in this early top 10, just based on what I saw from him as a freshman and a sophomore. And my fingers are crossed one that that young man is healthy and he can just, you know, everything him being on the field, he's safe and okay. But two, if he is, you know, 75% 75% of what he was pre-injury with the chance to get even better. He's definitely going to be a top 10 guy. Absolutely. Let's fly through the last two wide receivers. And then we got a running back that we'll mention. Yeah. Uh, John Mechie, Alabama, and then Drake London at USC. Now USC, of course, you talk about a program and Alabama, of course, two <laughs> programs that just crank out wide receiver prospects. I mean, USC has been doing it for years. Alabama I don't even need to go into that. So John Mechie and Drake London. Give me the brief synopsis on both of these guys. Drake London, massive, six foot four, six foot five, reminds me of Mike Evans playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the country, Keaton Slovis. He's going to be a monster in the Pac-12. Watch out for Drake London and John Mechie. We already saw him do damage on the field opposite of Devonta Smith this past season. Death taxes in Alabama having a legitimate <laughs> wide receiver. John Mechie is next up. When uh, Waddle was down, you know, this past season, Mechie stepped up and he contributed in a big way. Let's end it here with a running back prospect out of South Carolina. I'm going to be honest, man. I haven't even heard this name. The other guys on here, I've heard them. I haven't been able to scout them in depth. This one, haven't even, haven't even heard about Kevin Harris. So give me, give me the, uh, give me the blurb here on Harris out of South, uh, South Carolina. Yeah, 5'11", 220 pounds, former three-star recruit, was not supposed to start the season. Marshawn Lloyd, the talented true freshman, tore his ACL, opened the door for Kevin Harris in nine games, sub-200 carries. He had almost 1,200 receiving, uh, 1,200 rushing yards and almost 250 receiving yards. He's big, he's explosive, he's a downhill runner. Reminds me a lot of a of a slightly juiced up version of James Robinson. Again, 1,200 yards in the SEC in nine games with yeah. sub 200 carries. He's legit. All right, well, that is going to wrap it up with the 2022 class and at least talking about these top 10 prospects, of course, as we move past the 2021 draft class, we'll dive right back into these guys and making sure that you're aware of these players heading into next year, but I, you know, you talked about these guys that are supposed to take steps forward and stuff like that. Well, Javante Williams, no one was talking about Javante Williams at this point last year. So let's see. Uh, it's going to be really, 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 really interesting to see what prospects take that leap forward. Zach Wilson at the quarterback position. No one was talking about <laughs> Zach Wilson whatsoever. He's now in the, you know, in the conversation to go number two overall. So let's wait and see, but this is at least how the class is looking overall right now hopefully can give you guys some at least idea. You can now take these names, go look at their highlights on YouTube, go look at their film, scout them in depth, make your own opinions on them. But a really, really exciting class, especially at the wide receiver position for 2022. That's going to do it for today's show. Again, thank you so much to Reality Sports Online for sponsoring the show. Head over to realitysportsonline.com to learn more about this awesome platform. Ray, I think we did it, man. I mean, shortened show. We got everything in that we needed to. Uh, how how you feeling? Feel good, man. Feel good. Let's do it. Go another thirty minutes. Let's do it. Oh, just, okay. Just all right. Well, just, I don't just, have just, uh, just I don't have anything to talk just, about. Okay. All right. Good. Because yeah. I don't have any. I don't have any <laughs> notes. All right. 
Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will be back on Monday. What? No, today is Monday. We'll be back on Thursday. I totally thought today was Thursday. I'm done. I'm just going to end the show right here. Goodness gracious. All right. For Ray Garvin, I'm Kyle Yates. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. business. It's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup in the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide, all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.